This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special episode of my show, Strange Phenomena, the Music of Kate Bush. As always, I am your host, Cecily, and this week we're doing a very special episode. We're doing like kind of like an add-on, I guess. Um, So this is going to be a continuation of a story of a song that I have already done for the show, but... Oh my God, we got some really, a really awesome continuation and evolution of the story of the song. And that song is Running Up That Hill. So three years ago, I recorded an episode and an interview about the song Running Up That Hill because it's the first song on Hounds of Love. And so I recorded it. I was I talked with Diego Ortega. You might guys might remember. I will link the original episode in the show notes if you have not already gone and listened to it. Um, But I recorded that three years ago. And if you've gone back to listen to the episode, you know my format. You know, I talk about where the song was released. How well did it do if it was released as a single? What was the video like? Any stories behind the video? And um, any remixes? Did it actually chart in the United States? Hey, that time it did. And well, well, we will get to that. Uh, So three years ago, I recorded that. It was 2019. Holy crap, by the way, 2019 feels like way longer ago than three years. And so when I recorded that, I had that story. Well, there have been, if you've been paying attention to the Kate Bush, um, Kate Bush News Universe, I suppose, you will know that, oh my gosh, Running Up That Hill has exploded in popularity in a way that's like, I'm actually still kind of reeling from it, but also really, really happy, as you can tell. And it's not just because I've had my morning coffee. So of course, some of this excitement is caffeine, but also like, hey, I'm talking about one of my absolute favorite songs. One of some of you guys' absolute favorite songs, and holy shit. Okay, so we're going to be adding on to that story because, holy crap, in short, and we're going to go into this, Kate Bush's song, Running Up That Hill, has been used in a very pivotal scene in the Netflix show Stranger Things, and it has utterly exploded in popularity in a way that, 
holy crap, I am sort of surprised. I am surprised at in the sense in 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 a way, but also not surprised given just how easy it is to access music these days, especially for younger people, for teenagers. I mean, come to think of it, like, I, I was still having to go to pawn shops. And I've talked about this in some of the episodes. Like, oh, I've still had, I, I found Hounds of Love at a pawn shop in Hawaii. Or having to go abroad, having to wait to go abroad to get her stuff because it wasn't on iTunes. I mean, there were also was no Spotify when I was discovering her music. So it's exploded. And I mean, as of this recording, I'm recording this on the morning of Wednesday, June 8th. And I am looking at the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States, and she has scored her first ever top 10 hit. She's sitting pretty at number eight. She's sitting up there with Glass Animals and Lizzo and Harry Styles and Ed Sheeran. And there she is. And it's like, holy shit. (laughs) Like, that's the only thing I can really sort of come up with, like, it's just holy crap. I mean, and, it, and it's fantastic. It is utterly fantastic. Now, I have, of course, thoughts on these. Like, as you can probably tell, like, all really good thoughts on these. But let's see. So her song has been used in a very pivotal scene in the show Stranger Things, which is a show that has now gone into its fourth season. I myself have only seen the first two seasons. I meant to go back and watch the third, and then just life happened, and I've... I've been getting into more like Outlander. I actually was watching, started watching through that yesterday with my partner. Um, I've also also been getting into anime, started watching Sword Art Online. Holy crap. Oh my gosh. I'm still like kind of in my feels about that. And I also watched through Last Kingdom. So I mean, there's so many things to watch, right? And I haven't gone back to season to Stranger Things. However, uh, when I started reading about running up that hill and its use in Stranger Things. So I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I remembered the characters. So in this Netflix scene, um, basically, if for those who've never seen Stranger Things, it takes place in the 80s. That was part of what drew me to it. I was like, ooh, 80s, hey. Um, and one of the characters, her name is Max. Her brother, was, her brother sacrificed himself um, because there was uh, a monster in the third season, and he sacrificed himself, and so she feels guilty about his death. And that's where Running Up That Hill comes in, because it's her favorite song. Now, um, as is usual with a lot of these things, like when when something like this is used in a TV show or movie, I always wonder, how did this get used? I mean, because also that's a continuation of the story, right? So there's a thing called licensing, and it's something I don't entirely understand in some ways. Basically, licensing means that you're getting the permission to use someone else's copyrighted work in a TV show or movie, and it can cost money. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that like people will set aside a budget for like, this is how much we're going to spend to try and get X kind of songs. I mean, one of the one of the prime examples I can think of with licensing is things like if you watch. Um, so there was a TV there was a TV show Charmed that came out in the '90s, and if you try and watch it on Netflix, they've changed the theme song. And probably the reason they changed the theme song is because 
the song that was originally used was meant, okay, we have this, you have your permission to use the song, but only for showing it on TV. I mean, back in the 90s, we didn't know that streaming was going to become a thing. And so now that streaming is a thing, oh, wait, you want to use the song again? No, it's going to cost even more money or however much. And they just couldn't secure the rights to it. So they ended up changing the theme song, which utterly, completely and utterly ruined like my watching view. I'm like, no, it's supposed to have this, you know, I am the sun, I'm the air. That's That was like the iconic thing that, that also for me got me into the Smiths and more 80s alternative stuff and bleh. So yeah, licensing, going back to licensing. So licensing is something that can cost a lot of money to do. And for someone like Kate Bush, she is usually pretty guarded when it comes to her music and having it being used in other media. I mean, another example I can think of with with Kate Bush's music being used in another media is <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Vice City. If any of you guys have ever played that game, on one of the radio stations, it was like the soft hits station or whatever. And when you're driving around and being a menace to society in the game... <laughs> You can listen to WoW. Um, during the in the first pressings of the game, they had WoW. And in later editions, like I got that game later. I actually got it on Steam. And that song wasn't in there. So I guess just something she just decided not to have it anymore or something like that. Anyway, so going back to licensing. So Kate Bush is pretty selective when it comes to how people can use her music. That's why we probably haven't heard her music in a lot of TV shows and movies. And because some people, it's, it's, I mean, some people enjoy getting the extra bit of money. Like, hey, my, yeah, okay, sure. You can use my song for whatever. I mean, Moby, if you remember the electronic artist Moby, that he created music specifically to be used in commercials. And, you know, it gets you a lot of money. But this is actually a quote from, um, this is from a quote from the uh, uh, Wendy Crowley. She is Sony Music Publishing's SVP of Creative Marketing, Film, and TV. She explained to Variety, quote, Kate Bush is selective when it comes to licensing her music. Because of that, we made sure to get script pages and footage for her to review so she could see exactly how the song would be used, unquote. And this is from ultimateclassicrock.com. Um, this article, Kate Bush running up that hill, Stranger Things. For Stranger Things, music supervisor Nora Felder was tasked with finding a song that could become a recurring theme for multiple episodes. Not only would it help the teenage character Max deal with the death of her brother, but it would later help save the girl's life. When Felder thought of running up that hill, something clicked. Quote, it immediately struck me with its deep chords of the possible connection to Max's emotional struggles and took on more significance as Bush's song marinated in my conscious awareness. Unquote. Felder knew getting Bush to sign off on the song's use would be potentially difficult. And quote, I have a running expression I use when my showrunners feel strongly about a song select. The music supervisor admitted, quote, which is I'm not going to sleep until it's cleared. Unquote. To that end, an extensive pitch was put together to present to Kate Bush. Quote, I sat with my clearance coordinator and laid out all the scripted scenes for song uses that we knew of at that point. Knowing the challenges, we proceeded to create elaborate scene descriptions that provided as much context as possible so that Kate and her camp would have a full understanding of the uses. 
When we finished, we were on edge, but excited and hopeful, unquote. The plan worked, and Bush, who is reportedly a fan of the show, as we'll get to see for her, uh, for her statement, agreed to let Stranger Things use her song. The agreement has proven mutually beneficial. In running up that hill, the series secured the perfect tune to reflect the character's struggles. Meanwhile, the song's popularity has helped the song's stream increase more than 8,000%, reaching the top 10 in 34 countries. So that's how she got. So they had to really kind of like get her into it. But like, hey, this is how we're going to use your song and all that. Which is, um, which I think is really cool. I mean, so she knows that how how running up that hill is going to be used in in the show, in the context, and to that end, this is from KateBushNews.com. She posted. Uh, she's actually got two statements about this. So this is the first statement. This is from her website under the news section. She says, "Quote." You might have heard that the first part of the fantastic, gripping new series of Stranger Things has recently been released on Netflix. It features the song Running Up That Hill, which is being given a whole new lease of life by the young fans who love the show. I love it, too. I'm just smiling at that thing. Because of this, Running Up That Hill is turning around the world and it's entered the UK chart at number eight. It's all really exciting. Thanks very much to everyone who has supported the song. I wait with bated breath for the rest of the series in July. Best wishes, Kate. So, wow, she's a fan of the show, so yay. And, um, and now this is her second statement. She's actually got two statements. Um, this is from Consequence.net, uh, Consequence of Sound. Uh, it says, quote, Bush has issued a second statement through her publicist. When the first series came out, friends kept asking if we'd seen Stranger Things, so we checked it out and really loved it. We've watched every series since then as a family. When they approached us to use Running Up That Hill, you could tell that a lot of care had gone into how it was used in the context of the story, and I really liked the fact that the song was a positive totem for the character Max. I'm really impressed with this latest series. It's an epic piece of work. The shows are extremely well put together with great characters and fantastic special effects. It's very touching that the song has been so warmly received especially as it's been driven by the young fans who love the shows i'm really happy that the duffer brothers are getting such positive feedback for their latest creation they deserve it and indeed unquote and no the end and indeed she didn't say that but i added that so a couple of weeks ago i remember like people were speculating they were like oh we we hear that there's this rumor that a kate bush song a pivotal kate bush song is going to be used in this series and my first thought actually was Experiment 4. Because if you watch the video and you listen to the song, it sounds like it could be its own, hell, its own episode of Stranger Things right there. You know, especially with the monster and everything. Because, I mean, that's the whole thing with, with Stranger Things. It's, it not only does it take place in the 80s, but also the kids are dealing with, like, monsters and all that. Like, you know, all that. So that's what I thought was going to be used. And then I started hearing, oh, it's going to be running up that hill. And I thought, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Because running up that hill, I mean, when I talked about it in the episode, that that was that was a song that got me more interested in Kate's music, too. I had heard what other, Weathering Heights. I had heard Love and Anger and a few of her other songs at that point. But, um, and obviously running up the hill. 
But it wasn't until running up that hill when I was hearing it a lot on flashback alternatives and like the kind of the 2003, 2004 time frame when I was in like late high school, early college that I really went, okay, you know what? I want to kind of discover more of her stuff. So it made sense. And, and also, I mean, it also until this week <laughs> was her highest charting single in the United States. So when I heard that, and then when I saw a lot of people talking about the song and how it's just exploded in popularity in a way that it didn't back in 1985, I was like, okay, let me go and like find out what the context of this is. So within the context of the show, like I said, like Stranger Things is groups of kids, groups of friends and kids small town in the 80s and there's also a lot of 80s music in there a lot of 80s pop culture and like I said I'd watch the first two seasons and I meant to go watch the third I think I watched maybe one episode and then I got distracted because that's what I do squirrel and so I never went back to it but when I heard that whoa this thing's probably popularity and and I wonder okay so what is the scene that it's being used in so basically within the show in the third season one of the main characters billy he sacrifices himself to save his sister and other people in the group and in season four his younger sister max is dealing with her grief and depression and even survivor's guilt (coughs) over the fact that she survived and her brother didn't And to help her through this depression, her favorite song is Running Up That Hill. And in in the fourth episode, in the fourth episode, so throughout this fourth series, there's been this monster named Vecna. And Vecna is a monster who is choosing teenagers and feeding off of their grief and guilt and depression. Max is possessed by Vecna, and her friends realize that playing music can break the spell of the monster. And there's a scene, there's a pivot, the, the pivotal scene in which the song is used. It is used, it's used to save her life. I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you guys have to see this because just this, not only the, the special effects, but also just the context of how this song is being used that you you've seen in the first few episodes of this, of the, the show so far in this season that running up that hill that she's listening to because it's her favorite song and it's making her happy. It's bringing her out of her depression but then in this scene in which she is taken by the monster that her friends are scrambling to find like, like, Oh, what's her favorite song? What is her favorite song? And they see them pull out the hounds of love tape. I was just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's a hounds of love. and they pull this out, they pull out the tape and they put it in her Walkman and it starts playing. And as the monster is trying to take her over, you see a scene, you see the, you see it open up and you can see her friends on the other side. You also see her levitating because she's possessed by the monster. So she's levitating and you hear the song come in. And also I think that they might've added in some extra or 
orchestral arrangement or something underneath it because it also feels like there's there's a little bit of extra strings in there that were not in the original but to add like oh add a little bit more to the song and you hear the the song coming through and as the song's coming coming through it saves her life and i'm watching this scene and it was emotional i mean i'm, I'm breaking down <laughs> breaking down a little right here because as i'm watching this and i felt like the the monster is a manifestation of your grief and your depression and she had to her friends had to use music to get her out of that spot and I don't know about you guys listening but Kate's music has done that for me you know the the times where she's been with me she hasn't been, I, I'm, I'm not a fan who's followed her for 40 plus years or anything. I've only been a fan for, I mean, almost 20. Um, but when I discovered her as a young adult, I was going through a lot of stuff too. And I know hearing my favorite songs, hearing my favorite artist brings me out of my own depression. <laughs> By the way, you guys cannot see this was as I'm as I'm speaking this. Um, I have my cats in here with me, and they're coming over to make sure I'm okay. Um, yeah, I'm fine. And so, like, seeing this scene was it hit me hard. It really did because that's it felt like I was seeing on screen what music can do. It's the healing power of music. It's the ability of music to save your life. And that's what her music has done for me in so many ways. And I know it's done for probably a lot of you guys listening. If, you, if you're listening to the show, if you're following the show and you, you know how much Kate's music means to you. And just to see that. And, you know, and I also think about a little of how much this song has just exploded in popularity among so many new people the younger generation is discovering her music and it's just fantastic I was I was their age when I was discovering like Depeche Mode The Smiths um, Fast Shop Boys I didn't get into Kate until I was in college, but, you know, that was my early 20s. So that was my early 20s. But, you know, more people are hearing her music now. I mean, as I'm as I'm speaking this, this is this is recorded on the morning of June 8th, 2022. And it she has now scored her first top 10 hit in the U.S. She's up there with everyone you expect for top 40 at this time. Hounds of Love has re-entered the Billboard 200 album charts at number 28, which is also, by the way, the same chart position as the Red Shoes in 1993. Hounds of Love is on the Billboard Hot Alternative album charts. She's in the UK top 40 at number eight, a record run of top 20 hit singles for a female artist across six consecutive decades. 
and the UK midweeks charts has her climbing to number two. She's in the Irish top 40, the Australian top 40, New Zealand, German. She's in Germany. And she's now at number one on the global daily Spotify chart for the first time. So that means that more people are listening to Running Up That Hill more than any other song of the billions and millions of songs that are out there on Spotify, mine included. That is number one. Like, let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> She's also number one in uh, 18 different countries on Spotify, the U.S., Belgium, New Zealand, Saudi Arabia, Slovakia, South Africa, Sweden, Switzerland, U.K., U.S., She's also it's the number one song on iTunes in Ireland, the UK, US. It's also the number one most searched for song in the world on Shazam. Like, holy crap. I mean, we we are just how much this song has just resonated with people. And, you know, there are and I think part of why this has exploded and it's not just because it's a beautiful song. Running Up That Hill is an amazing song. But it's easier than ever now to find music. You know, when I think about how I was getting into Kate's music and how even in the early 2000s, how much more difficult it was to find her music. And I've talked about this on episodes of getting Hounds of Love from Pawn Shop, having to wait until I went to France in 2006 to get Never Forever and Lionheart. You know, it was harder it was even harder to find stuff even just 20 years ago and now you can find anything you want to with just a look on spotify or itunes and the young you know more and more young people are finding her music in fact i see it exploding like that and it's i think it's wonderful i think it is wonderful that more even more people are resonating with Kate's music the way that it does for all of us guys who who are listening here. The people like me who have been fans for 20 years. The, the other folks like you listening who have been fans since Wuthering Heights in 1978 and 79. And even more that I'm, I'm glad that, just so glad that other people are finding the song. It's resonating with them on that emotional level that it does when you're a teenager and you're listening to music. You know, it did for me. I mean, when I was, when I was a teenager, it was, I was listening to music from the previous generation. You know, I was listening. I had, everybody else was listening to Backstreet Boys. I was listening to Depeche Mode. <laughs> I was listening to Pet Shop Boys. Oh wait, I still do. And then I started hearing about this Kate Bush person. Wouldn't really get into her until college, but you know, I knew her name. And I, I have seen some discourse of people like not appreciating, I guess, that more younger people are finding her. And, you know, here here's what I kind of say to that. It's that does it really matter how old you are if you're discovering music, whether it's from your generation or the previous one or the previous two generations? Why does it matter how old you are? If the music hits, the music hits. And I say that as someone who still listens to 80s music. I was just a 
I was a toddler in the 80s, you know. But that's the music that hits me. It hit me as a teenager and it still does. So who cares how old you are as long as you're enjoying the music. And I also, I really hope that a lot of the new fans that are enjoying Running Up That Hill, that they go back and listen to her other music. And even if they don't, even if all they ever listen to is Running Up That Hill, you know what? At least her music is resonating with you in some way. You hope that you go and find the rest of her stuff, but even if you never do, you know her name. You know her music. You have an emotional connection to it. And I think that's what matters. And it doesn't matter how old you are. If you like the music, you like the music. So on that note, I'm going to end here. And oh, wait, there is one little thing here. So ending that part. Um, I am working on episodes for the Red Shoe season. So if you are a fan of any of the Red Shoes era songs, because that's the next album cycle I'm going to be going through, feel free to follow me here on these social networks. And also I'll give you my email address. My Twitter is at StrangeKateCast. I am also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. I also have a hotline, which is one 6369 You can call and leave a message at any time and your message could be played on a future episode. I am also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast, And you can email me at katebushpodcast at gmail.com. So lots and lots of different ways that you can get in contact with me. And if you're a fan of any of the Red Shoes era songs or if you want to talk about something that won't be coming out until later, like any of the Ariel songs, feel free to hit me up there and I will see everybody next time. So the next episode that should be coming out will be the Red Shoes intro episode. So that's going to be coming out in sometime this summer. So thank you all so much for listening and I will see everybody next time. Bye. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. 
from assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.